Hi, this is Father Bill W. here in Austin, Texas, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. I am an Episcopal priest in long-term recovery from alcoholism, um, and these podcasts are my attempt to explore some of the history and the spirituality of 12-step recovery. The hope is that uh, we can go a little bit deeper uh, into both and that that will be a help to you in your own recovery process. And if you have not done so already, I would encourage you to please visit our website. It is called Two Way Prayer, T-W-O, Two Way Prayer. And uh, there you can sign up for a newsletter that uh, we send out every oh, month to six weeks. Also hope you will attend one of our workshops. I'm trying to do these uh, monthly at different, different times of the month and they're presented on Saturday. Uh, from 10 to 12.30 Central Standard Time. The next one coming up is January the 15th, and that'll be on the history of the 12 steps and uh, looking at the steps from an historical perspective, uh, what it is we can learn from the Oxford group practice and some of the early AA practices that were going on. My hope is it'll really make the steps simpler. You know, I think we have complicated the hell out of these things and it's, and it's too bad. Uh, you know, the, just seems to be the way things go. They just get incrustations that, that uh, uh, kind of add to them over the years. And I think it makes it hard for newcomers uh, to, to sift through it. So that's my hope. Uh, we've had some good responses uh, so far from that workshop. So I hope you will make it. Uh, if you need a flyer for that, you can write me at twowayprayer at gmail.com. And I will be happy to send that to you. So with that business out of the way, we are starting a whole new series and uh, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's on William James and his book, Varieties of Religious Experiences. And um, my guest is, is Paul S. And let me give you a little bit of his background. Paul has a career in finance, government and in the private sector teaching uh, law, finance and diplomacy. He was in the seminary for several years and received advanced degrees from Catholic University of America and from the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy in a joint program with Tufts and Harvard Universities. And hang on to that Harvard University thing because <laughs> there's some synchronicity there that will come back uh, when we get to uh, William James. And Paul was also credentialed along the way as a drug and alcoholism counselor uh, from Marymount uh, College. Uh, in, he is in long-term recovery from alcoholism, and he makes his home both in Singapore and in Barcelona, and he is joining us for this series uh, from his home uh, in Barcelona. And most recently, Paul is the author of what I consider a really important book, and it is titled We Agnostics, How William James Advanced a Spiritual Solution to Addiction, and I will put a link uh, to that in the show notes and I'd really encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. I, I think it is extremely important and it's a study of variety of religious experience, but it's, it's, it's an attempt to make it accessible to people in recovery. And, and that I think is something that has been badly, badly needed. Uh, so it's a book that Bill Wilson read uh, in detox after he had his white light spiritual experience and, it, and he studied it diligently afterwards, trying to make sense of what happened 
to him in that process. So I think this is really important uh, material. So welcome, Paul. It is really Thank good, you. To have you. good to have you and looking forward to this. And I wonder if you could begin uh, uh, by sharing how, how was it that you came to be interested in William James? When was well, that? you know, I, I sort of dragged my ass into, you know, um, sort of get, needing help because <clears throat> I was drinking quite a bit. And I come from a uh, family which is really racked with alcoholism. You know, um, I got like on my mom's side, Irish and my dad's side is a little bit American Indian. So I'm like, mm. we were all doomed from the beginning. <laughs> and so <clears throat> we have 10 kids in my family and nine out of 10 are, you know, have problems with alcohol and so forth. And so, you know, my father and my brother both died of alcoholism, and I just didn't have any capacity for, for grieving. And I think that's a very, that's, it's a very common mark of, of an alcoholic personality is that, that emotional shutdown. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and, 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 and especially the, the inability to, to grieve. <clears throat> and so, boy, oh boy, you know, booze becomes a pretty good way to grieve, you know. And so I just kind of dragged my ass into, you know, um, uh, into a room and I sat down and I, I listened and I, I looked at this thing called, you know, the big book. And then I was reading this, you know, guy named William James. I really haven't had didn't know about him very well um, and certainly had never heard of varieties of religious experience. And then when you get to the back of the big book, you have Appendix 2, which was put in, I guess, in the second edition. Correct, and that was where um, you know he, he, he you know uh, Bill Wilson said this is this is the only major change we made to the big book ever was to add um, this quotation from the um, varieties of religious experience and, and a description of how William James describes this like search for a higher power through um, some kind of you know slow or or, or quick process of, right. of of something you know which is words are being thrown spiritual psychology moral psychology was being thrown around and that's really the the dead center of, of William James's stuff and so I picked up the book and I started reading it. <clears throat> what was it about James that appealed to you in in reading it? Uh, I tried reading well, it. It's a <laughs> difficult book, you know. Uh, and that's why I think it's so important that you that you did this work to make it accessible. But uh, tell us a little bit about James, who he was uh, and uh, his own life. Uh, I think he had a spiritual experience himself, didn't he? Yeah. So so he was a weird guy. I, I, think, if you'd have, <laughs> if, I think if you'd have known him, you, you would think he's kind of a weird, eccentric, strange person and... He was always running off in different directions and boundless energy and manic and, and um, uh, constantly talking to people. And he was engaged in seances. And of course, he would run around in his, in his, in his pajamas around Harvard, you know, as a <laughs> professor. <laughs> and so, but, you know, sheer genius. I mean, the oh, book yeah. he wrote on the principles of psychology is still being used today. It's about a 700 page thing. You look at the great works, right? The great works of human history are right. like, there's like 70 volumes, right? 70 people are picked out out of human history. And you say, these are the 70 most important people, including, you know, Freud uh, and, 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 you know, in the 20th century and William James is there. He's one of the 70. And I was like, right. this guy's really important. Yeah. So I picked up the book and, and, and then I realized that, um, this was transcribed from a series of lectures. And of course, you know, we don't talk the way that we write. And, and so 
the person who transcribed the lectures of William James in the lecture hall at the University of Edinburgh in 1901, he was a good transcribe. He transcribed exactly what William James said. And we don't talk in sentences. We talk in, we talk in fragments, right? And so that's why the book is so damn hard to understand because it's got, it's, it's, it's just pure, it's just so much genius and beautiful imagery and, and yeah. language um but but it's he's quite poetic to, he's quite yeah, poetic in his yeah. expressions yeah. there was a a phrase that uh, <clears throat> you know that william james was a a philosopher who wrote like um a novelist <clears throat> and his brother was a novelist who wrote like a, a philosopher his brother that's right um, uh, henry yeah. james and so <laughs> they, compl really... they complimented one another didn't they yeah yeah and yeah. so it, it's it's beautiful uh imagery and almost poetic, but it comes from the point of view of hardcore science and looking at things from a, uh, uh, from an intuitive, pragmatic, uh, right. this is what works, uh, this is what I observe in my patients, this is what I observe in many of the people I have, I have treated uh, from alcoholism and in my own experience of what he clearly points out in several paragraphs, about three quarters of the way through the book, his own journey with nitrous oxide and his um, not so fun adventures with nitrous oxide. Right, yeah. And, and he had experiences with depression as well, didn't he? Plagued with depression and, and there was a lot of mental illness in his family, his, his right. brother, what was a, a terrible alcoholic who died of alcoholism in William James's own house. His sister was, was a recluse who was very mentally ill and died in her early 40s. Uh, they think might have been suicide. And then, of course, his brother Henry was gay and, and moved to London and never came back to America and lived as, a, uh, as an estranged brother in London. And so, yeah, and so he himself was plagued with, with doubt and, 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 and depression. And you're talking about one of the brightest men yeah. of the early 20th century, and he was plagued right. with self-doubt. And so that's right. And so he had his own experience climbing in the Adirondacks in 1898. And he just had this some kind of a spiritual awakening and some sort of um, breaking with his past self to some realization of... Right. hope and clarity and peace of mind that he never had in his life. And so he wanted to explore that. And I strongly believe he also wanted to explore what it was like, what's it like for these um, alcoholics who are, you know, one day drinking themselves to death. And then the next day they couldn't even consider picking up a drink because he struggled and was probably so deeply hurt by his own brother's descent into alcoholism and madness and eventual death. In I think 1908, so about two years before mm -hmm. William James died, his brother died in William James's own home. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, he qualifies, doesn't he? <laughs> I think I think that's right. I think he 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 makes it clear in a couple of sentences. Hey, listen, you guys, everyone in the audience, pay attention. I, I'm, t I'm talking about my own yeah. journey down uh, the, the road of dangerous nitrous oxide. You know, so I know of what I speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No. He, and he had had the experience, the internal experience of of knowing what separation and depression and anxiety and all of those things are. 
that he could he could speak from his experience and mm-hmm. not just theoretical. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit more deeply because I think that's an, a really yeah. important part of of understanding William James. And so what I want to do, um, it, my approach to this series is going to be to go through your book chapter by chapter, and and share with listeners some of the insights that James can give us. Uh, in going deeper with our own spirituality and our programs and understanding how his philosophy might help us in approaching each one of the 12 steps, because that's how you approach it in your, in your book. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about how you patched this together uh, with the big book and the 12 and 12 and such? Well, that's right. And so what I did is I read the varieties twice and then I outlined it and put it on a couple of hundred cards. And then I looked and I outlined the big book and then the uh, 12 and 12 and um, as Bill sees it. And I I put those Mm. all together and then I kept on looking for similarities and looking for the patterns. And and of course, you know, I I wasn't trying to make William James fit into the 12 step. That's not that was not my intention. Good. The the intention here is to, to 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 say, you know, this was clearly a, a profoundly important thing. William, uh, Bill Wilson was very clear. William James was set another candle on the table of our society is exactly the words that Bill Wilson used. Yeah. William James was critical to his understanding of this um, spiritual solution. Absolutely. And then, of course, I think that... Um, you know, and then I've had my own scrapes with, and uh, I talked with, about this with you, Bill, too. I had my own scrapes with some like William James experts and people in the William James camp mm-hmm. who don't want him to be associated with this 12-step thing, right? That, that this is the father of pragmatism and the father of, you know, you know he had you know, huge contributions to education and pragmatism and, 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 and psychology. And yet, come on, I mean, uh, there are dozens and dozens of examples in the book, roughly the middle third of the book Mm -hmm. is about uh, people who are addicted to cocaine, nitrous oxide, sleeping pills, alcohol, um, you know, on and on. And and one, you know, William James scholar, uh, you know, accused me of, you know, making things up because he looked in the back of the index of the book of varieties and there was no reference to addiction yeah. and it was like you know dude addict the, the word addiction wasn't even like <laughs> even even so. alcoholism wasn't usually used Dips, dipsomania dipsomania right. uh, well I, the word that yeah that's right <laughs> i was looking was for dipsomaniacs dipso- anonymous yeah. and i couldn't find them <laughs> Right. Well, the funny enough, the word that uh, William James is stuck with and, uh, you know, whether it's and it's not a good word nowadays, but it's the word that he used. And there's many, many references to it. Drunkard. Um, That's the word that he used. Um, And there's a couple of times that there's a reference to dipsomania, but he uses the word drunkard. and then he had a lot of patients in his own practice that were uh, addicted to barbiturates, and, mm. you know, um, uh, sleeping pills, alcohol, cocaine. Cocaine and nitrous oxide were two of the most used drugs, a lot of opium right. and, and, and heroin. But I would say yeah. back in that time, it was cocaine and nitrous oxide. Yeah. In, in my own view, I could be wrong on this, uh, but I credit Silkworth with the physical components of addiction, which are important, you know, an allergy of the body yeah. and all that good stuff. But, and this is where we miss it with James, 
I think James provides the deeper understanding yeah. of what the mental spiritual component is yep. that is part and parcel of this illness. That's right. And I mentioned that in the, in the, in the chapter I wrote, that, that when, you, when you try to glue it together, you, you can see that, that James comes at it. I, James never talked about the compulsion or the no no the 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 the, um, the, the obsession that that, that kicks off right. with the first drink that was right 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 Silkworth right. yeah no. and so the two of them coming together uh, really are both sides of the coin where it is and I think that's why we have why you know step one has step A one A and one B right it's the only step that's got two steps <laughs> it's like I'm powerless over alcohol I can't have the first drink and then B that's Silkworth. And then B, my life's unmanageable. That's the William James part, right? That's where right. They, they, and that, they come and, together. Yeah. yeah. And to me, Paul, that is the piece that that people so often miss is understanding <clears throat> unmanageability. That it has nothing to do with the consequences of getting drunk. You know, I got drunk and I got arrested. I got drunk and this happened. That's not an unmanageable life. An unmanageable life. Is, 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 is what's going on deep inside of me that I cannot go uh, for long without, without drinking, drugging, treating what's happening in there. And, and James nails it down as best yeah. we can into what's happening. So that's what I want to get to. I want to get, I like to kind of get to the, the, the underbelly here. That's of, right. Of the first step. And, uh, and your book, your book makes that very clear. He talks about it as a soul sickness, you know, uh, could you comment on that? And, and then he talks about us alcoholics and addicts, uh, uh, or us drunkards, whatever we are as children of wrath. It's that colorful language. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's what he's getting to. It's um, something deep is going on there. Yeah, and so, so yeah, he, he talks about the, the, these children of wrath crave a deliverance from an mm. old self to a new self. And, and so as a medical doctor, he said, you know, um, we have to open our eyes and be, be uh, you, know, sto you know, stone cold uh, about listening to the, the complaint of these people. And he's very emphatic, and he said, "I'm, I'm going to be really, you know, really, you know, um, uh, clear as a bell here on how awful this uh, predicament is. That this condition. What is the complaint? The complaint is, um, are we have opposing, uh, we have opposing thoughts, we have opposing emotions, we are riddled with anxiety, fear, depression, anxiety." Our, 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 our mind is like a shuttlecock going back and forth during a badminton game. What a great analogy, right? right. And so he wants to know what, 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 what causes this. And he, he concludes, you know, much of what we now know in, in genetic um, uh, and epigenetics that, that, that this thing seems to be, you know, we, a lot of people are born with this. I, I certainly inherited it from my father, who was an yeah. alcoholic, right. and, and my mother's father was an alcoholic. Right. And, and so then we say, okay, well, what, what in the hell is this? And, and, and so it, it is a, a, a sense of isolation of people who are on the outside looking in, that they're on the outside looking in. They, 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 they see a life where the, all they see is the worm and the apple. They don't see anything else of the banquet on the table. All they can see is the worm and the apple. Um, and, and so the, the life is flat. 
Right. right? Uh, life lacks meaning. Right. Uh, and so, so he says, okay, what do these people do? These people seek out spirits. They, they, they seek out a mystical experience. Yes, and they have it. Alcohol delivers that. The drug <laughs> delivers that initially. It does deliver. I got drunk. And, and, I got drunk at twelve years old. Was my first drunk, and yeah, it's like, my right. God, where's this stuff been all my life? <laughs> because it took me to a place, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I knew I had a I had a vocation at that moment because I won my bottle of wine at a church bazaar, and and if this is what the church is holding yeah. in there. Well, I hey. want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know how funny, right? Yeah, and, and so, so he, he, so, so it's actually in the chapter on mysticism, uh, and I believe the chapter on mysticism, if I'm recalling it, is like chapter twelve. The whole thing is like twenty chapters. 20 the whole chapters. book is twenty chapters, yeah. or it could have been twenty different lectures. But it chapter was. 12 it was is, twenty different lectures yeah. delivered over two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so, so, um, so, so he, he says. It is no accident that uh, that those people seek alcohol because it offers um, hints and gleams of mystical excellence. Yeah, you know, it's let a me read. Let me. Let, I, ha yeah. I have the quote in front of me, so let, let yeah. me read it because then yeah. people will get a a taste of of how he <laughs> writes. He says the sway of alcohol over mankind is unquestionably due to its power to stimulate the mystical faculties. It is the great exciter of the yes function. It brings us from the chill periphery to the radiant core. It makes the drinker for the moment one with truth. In the end though, we're usually returned back to the earth, crushed by the poisonous and cold facts of the sober hour. It's a taste of the spiritual experience and it, and it comes as a great relief. And that's why, you know, uh, I mean, some people when they tell their, their drunkologues and stuff, it's like, well, I had a happy childhood and off, off we go. I, I'm always kind of disappointed in that because I can't relate to it, number one. And and number two, me too. Yeah, I wonder if they are missing something. You know, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Um, well, you know, when I did my work at UCLA, when I did my my degree at, at Loyola Marymount, uh, I yeah. did an internship, and we did a lot of work on this. And um, I, I think about seventy percent of people who who wash up on on you know these twelve step programs or rehabs are uh, have a. a a genetic predisposition come from very troubled families right. and then 30 percent seem seem to not come from troubled families yeah um but but i always like a question in my mind really i mean i really you had a really happy home and happy parents and oh, okay right because right. <laughs> i look at my story bill is a little bit different from yours I didn't start drinking until much later, until I was like 25 or so, 24, after my father died of alcoholism. Yeah. But I, I can guarantee you that I was filled with self-doubt uh, about my impending doom and my impending catastrophe of my life way before I drank. So right. I had an alcoholic personality way before I had my first like you know, uh, persistent, you know, um, drinking. And, and so like I finished, you know, at summa cum laude at my university, number two in the university. And I could have, I, 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 as I'm sitting here right now, I swore I was going to flunk out. You know, right. this is crazy. That's thinking, right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and, 
you know, uh, the old saying, by the time I had my first drink, I needed it. That's right. And, 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 and you know, the, the relief can not only come through the drinking, it can come in, in many, many forms. You know, it can come through food, it can come through compulsive work, uh, you know. Sex. Can, sex. Uh, yeah. Compulsive worrying. You know, right. It's like, it's the first worry. It opens yeah. up this trap door and I fall through it in, in, yeah. into, into the fear, anxiety, and alienation, I think is the way James describes the <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Th those and, three words come through all the time. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, so so we, we experience that. We go chasing after it, but, but things only get worse. And, and then we wind up at, with an experience you know, you're talking about uh, the, the parts of the of the of the first step that are there, the two different parts. I, I actually think there are three, the way I've looked at it. And yep. the, the, the one that's missing, the one that's missing, I think it comes in the three little dots or the dashes between the two. But it's the word hopeless. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and no, I, I like that. Yeah. I, oh, I went back and I and I looked at the big book and I started underlining every single time it mentions the word hopeless you yep. know we suffered from a hopeless condition of mind and yep. body remorse yep. and hopelessness the next morning i forget i got about 20 of them that i that i've underlined there i won't read them all uh i will put it in the in the notes or if you want a copy <laughs> because it's really fascinating yeah because, and that's critical that's critical uh to the first step moving from hopelessness to hope mm -hmm. yeah you gotta first go to an experience of hopelessness before you can ever reach the hope he calls it the jumping off point it's a beautiful expression yeah. once again yeah. um and here, here let me read this quote dr james contends that humans seem to have a built-in mechanism especially during periods of despair or extreme soul sickness, just as their exhausted old self is falling apart and dying away, they reach for a higher self, a sliver of hope that comes to light while the darkness falls. It's beautiful. It's, it's that point, it's bottom, you know? And, and many, many things can bring that about. And things that bring it about in one person will not even touch another person. You know, my classic when I was, when I was a, a counselor was I had two guys in, in the group uh, with me and one was there because he killed four people in a DWI accident, you know, he, he was drunk and his lawyer said, you should go to treatment, you know. Uh, and, and sitting right next to him was a guy who checked into treatment because he got drunk and missed his son's birthday, had grown up in an alcoholic home and swore to God that was never gonna happen to his mm. kids. He was not gonna subject them to what he went through. And when he did, boom, uh, you know, he, 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 he reached it. And, and he got sober and, and the DWI guy never did. So nothing to do with the consequence, it's the realization inside. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, and I'll bet you anything, the, the level of shame for both men was equal 
that's the, that's the really interesting thing about where people are when they come into the rooms. Um, but did one feel it and the other not? Was one in touch with it and the other not? See, I don't. Th I think the I think the DWI guy was a conniver. You know, he he wasn't yeah. he was not in touch with his shame. We'll see later on. Yeah, we'll, we'll see later on. William James uh, tries to tries to understand this, and he says, you know, some people's access to the unconscious, the door is very wide open, and yes. for some people, the door is 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 almost shut. That's right. And, and he, 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 he can't figure out why some people, the door to the unconscious, where William James believed the spiritual part of us lies. Right. Uh, and the access to that is, 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 is breezier. It's, it's a breezier open door. And for other people, it's, it, the door is, is shut. And, and he said, I don't know. I, I can't explain this. But this is something that <laughs> is part of the human condition. Uh, and I think he's exactly right. I mean, that's my experience, you know, you can hammer away at some of those guys and it's just, you're not going to get anywhere. And, and then someone else just turns into a puddle and it's like, I've been waiting for this all my life. Why? Because the door, <laughs> the door is open. I know. I know. The door and and then, uh, you know, and, and one of the phrases he used, Bill, that this is, this is your business. You know, this is your, your neck of the woods. He yeah. says the, um, one of the great mysteries of life is the, the eminence of grace. The, the, where is the eminence of grace in human life? Sometimes it's not there. Sometimes it is there. Um, but the, the, the eminence of grace is a beautiful phrase. Uh, it, is. It, 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 it should be there always everywhere. But why are some people incapable of accessing it? That's one of the mysteries of life. <clears throat> That's right. And, and, and to realize, even after all the years you've got, I've got, that in the end, this is a gift. At some level, this recovery business is a gift. <laughs> that, that, yep. that my door opened and this guy's didn't, you know? Yep. And William James is so clear on that. You know, he yeah. says, he says uh, this access to a higher power and jumping off to some sort of higher, better self to, to, to a new, uh, a new center of heat away yeah, from yeah. the cold that cracks off. This yeah. is a gift or it is nothing. That's right. He's let me really let me, clear about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're hitting on this. I've got the quote right here throughout the ages, this crisis of soul sickness has led people to self surrender to a higher power that seems to lurk on the edges of the subconscious. It doesn't matter where it is located, or even if it is a spiritual thing. What matters is only that the higher power helps the sick soul find relief from lifelong alienation. All that matters is that it works. He gets on board with this higher power and saves himself when his lower being, his lower being has gone to pieces in the wreck. Yeah. Love that stuff. It's so beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. yeah. So it's a gift or it is nothing. And, and he also, he says that later on in the book, he, he starts to change the language a little bit. Uh, and he says that we jump on a higher power, even if this higher power is for a brief moment. Right. That's right. You have an experience of it. And yeah. James was very big. Uh, I'm reading him again. You, you've opened the door to me. 
uh, I had to dig out my <laughs> my varieties of religious experience book, uh, and uh, and and now it's 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 really your your book helps me make sense uh, of that book, you know, and ex the word experience, experience, experience keeps keeps coming through, yeah. uh, over and over. He brings examples of experiences. It's not theoretical stuff. It's this is what people are experiencing, you know, and and then yep. he, he parades dozens and dozens of them in front of his audience when he's given those lectures, you know, not not literally, but but uh, you know, in quotations, and, and and the evidence is overwhelming, you know. It's just difficult to put it in a science laboratory, uh, which makes it so hard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, so uh, yeah, you, you, you see that the points coming through over and over again, but the, the chapter one and, and, and the, what, what we're covering now really brings the point home that, that this is, it's private. It, it is strictly intuitive. It is emotional. It is experiential. It is deeply personal. Right. It is barely understandable to the person, never mind explainable to anybody else. Right. So don't try to look at this as some intellectual exercise. It is, yeah. it is experiential. It works. If it works, you know, uh, go with it. I had I think, a count. That's yeah. When, when I was in counselor training, we had, we had to deliver a lecture on, on each one of the steps, you know, and you huh. might talk on six, you might next month talk on nine or whatever it might be. I had this, this teacher who said, always start with one. If, if you, yeah. it's like, it's like starting to get on a ladder at step six, you're going to miss it. If, yeah. if, you, if right. you don't go back to, to the, this soul sickness and this reaching out, uh, you're going to be in theory land. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and, that's and, not and, and, uh, and this is where he starts to, to, uh, as you and I were talking before in preparation for this, you know, this is where he begins to really bring home the point as well early on in the book that this is a passive affair. It, it, it's yes. awfully passive. You don't really need to do anything. You just sort you can't of- can't will you know, it. You can't will it. Yeah, yeah, It happens exactly. to you. It happens mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, Yeah. right. Let me, let me read one. This is from a drug addict uh, from James is talking about in his lecture. The woman says, I seem to be breaking down, being on the verge of insanity. I had taken all the narcotics, stopped all work, and in fact, knew all the doctors in reach, but I never recovered permanently until I learned to stay in constant relation with the essence of life, which permeates us all. I turned to the very innermost, deepest consciousness of our real selves or of God in us, illumination from within with the essence of life, which permeates us. We can call it whatever we wish. Only then do I discover the unreality of my past. The door opened for her, something happened. And much of James's book is, is, a, is, is a reiteration and accumulation of stories to whom it happened. And that's why I think the big book, it, it was so necessary. Uh, it would be incomplete if you just published pages one through uh, 164. It's not complete without the stories. Uh, 
Mm, yep. It's yep. only <clears throat> only in that story that it, I come at it this way, you come at it that way, another person comes mm -hmm. at it another way, but we all come at the same thing. Yeah, and so I, I compared uh, that lady that was one of William James' patients, yeah. probably in like 1901, yeah. to Marty Mann, who, whose chapter is called Women Suffer Too, right. um, in 1939. And, and, and she was given the galleys of the big book um, when she was in rehab. And she was under Dr. Uh, Tebow. That's right, in, his care. In, in yeah. Connecticut. And, you know, by the way, she threw the galleys out the window. <laughs> I, I, I know that story. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So she was great. She, she's, she, she's my feisty. favorite she character. She was feisty. Yeah, she's yeah. my favorite character in all of the whole like 12 step history. Um, she's my favorite character. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> I, before we close, I, I do want to touch a little bit on uh, William James and pragmatism. Because I think in approaching uh, as we're going to the steps, that's the way he approached uh, uh, much of this transformation process, it's uh, it's by the fruits you will know it, you know. And it's almost like uh, when we stand at step one, keep your eye on step twelve, because that's where I'm going to lead you. Okay, you're hopeless, and and you need to have a spiritual e experience or awakening um, in order to get there. So that's twelve. That's where we're going. And now what two through 11 are going to do is help you open that door. That's all, you know, mm -hmm. that's yeah. all they're going to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and, and if you understand that, you know, it's not to worship the steps. It's not to memorize the steps. I thought I made actually good progress when I couldn't remember one of the steps one day. It was like, oh, you're doing better, Bill. How <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, so if I could sum up um, step one from the point of view of what William James offered to Bill Wilson is yeah. basically that, you know, that, that the essence of a spiritual experience in all of the people that I have helped right. in, in how I have changed in the history of the people that I show you over 2,500 years uh, is the following. Uh, we give our convulsive little selves a rest and realize that a higher power has been there all along. That's right. Right. And that is the essence of, uh, you know, and, and we hear that so often in, in our, in AA, right. We, you know, and, and we're, we're coming in and we're wrecked and we're a disaster area and our lives are a mess. And someone says, Oh, just sit down, have a coffee and a cookie and sit down and um, we'll be right with you. Yeah. Right. Just give right. your just give your convulsive little self a rest and yeah. sit down and listen for a little bit. And all you got to do is show up for an hour. Don't do anything. For God's sakes, don't do anything. Just sit there, get a sponsor, listen carefully, and you know, the rest is going to happen, right? It happens to you. Happens and to and you. I think we don't give enough um you know, we say, oh, you got to go to 90 meetings in 90 days and get a sponsor and do the steps." And and, and I think we also need to say let this happen to you, right? One of my old buddies used to call it osmosis. You, you sit in your ass in the chair <laughs> and, and you get osmosis. <laughs> right. Right. 
You know, you just sit there and and let it wash over you and don't try too hard. I'm a hyper A, you know, I'm a A type hyper overachiever. I mean, I'm gay. And so I had to do three, everything three times harder, better than anybody else just to feel equal. And so that was just causing so much havoc in my life. And I really had to learn to sit down, shut up, listen, and take it easy and and rest and let this happen to me, right? Um, And and William James's great uh, phrase is, this is a strictly passive affair, right? Those are the words he uses, right? It's a strictly passive affair. This works by being passive. And and that's a a really new understanding of addiction Mm -hmm. that was not present in any addiction therapy, even up into the, maybe the, 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 the 40s or 50s, right? Where the, yeah. the harder you work at it, the worse it gets. The more you give up, the better it gets. And that's why the, the notion of surrender is so vitally important to the transformation. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I can't will it. I can't will it. It happens. You get broken. You get broken. Jung said uh, th- those who haven't found God probably haven't looked low enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and of course, you and I talked about this. You know, Carl Young. I, I believe William James gets uh, short shrift uh, in he history does. because he was so yeah. hard to, to to read. Right. Um, Carl Young studied studied under him in 1906 and 1907, yeah. uh, shortly before William James died. Um, right. And um, so, so a lot of Carl Young stuff comes right out of William James. I am so convinced of that. Since I started researching this to, to do this series of interviews with you, Paul, uh, I'm seeing that all over the place. I'm seeing the seeds of Carl Jung's work uh, in James's writings. And it, it's, yep. just, uh, it's just wonderful. So listen, I, I, uh, I'm really excited, like I said, about, about doing this series. And uh, I, I, I think it's going to be really, really helpful to, to folks out there. Give us a deeper appreciation for William James. But more important than that, a, a deeper understanding of just what's happening uh, in this recovery process. So in, in the next um, uh, episode, we're, we're going to dig into steps two and three and this letting go and this being passive. How, how, how does that work? What, what seems to happen uh, with people? And, um, and again, if, uh, uh, I will put in, in the show notes uh, uh, a link to uh, Paul's book and really encourage you to read it also encourage you to read a biography. Uh, it's an intellectual, uh, uh, an intellectual biography of uh, James by uh, Robert Richardson. I, I found it really outstanding as well to kind of put things in context. So put both of those uh, in there. And um, just started reading that last night. I oh, did, you did get a copy. Yeah. Oh, good. And, and starting with the 1906 earthquake is fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and you're reading Emerson, I think, uh, also by Richardson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll, ha- I'll have to get that one too. Anyway, listen, Paul, can't thank you enough. And, uh, and I will look forward to uh, our next uh, episode. And we're going to have fun with this thing. So, Oh, yeah. I- thank you so much. I'm so honored. Thank you so much, Bill. I, it's really a great pleasure. Great. Uh, and yeah. thank everybody for, for listening. If you want to reach Paul, uh, you can send me uh, an email at twowayprayer at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to forward it uh, to him over there in Barcelona. All right. Great. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening.
Bye-bye. Have a great night. Okay. Keep coming back. Bye. Thank you.